Okay, um, my name is Darren and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you for inviting me. Um, I live out here in the Los Angeles area. I've been in OA since what, 2013. Um, let's see here. Um, right now I am abstinent two years, seven months. Um, down about 85 pounds. Um, my highest weight was about 375, I believe. Um, and um, so basically um, what, what, what it was like um, um, when I was growing up, um, I didn't think I had any type of um, issues with food. Um, actually, I was weight wise, I was a normal skinny kid. Um, so, um, you know, that, that, you know, basically was how I sort of saw things, you know, I was normal, like everybody else, so to speak. But then as I got older, I looked back and I realized a few things. Um, I remember one, one, one thing happened to me probably when I was in the second grade or first grade, might've been even earlier than that. I do remember someone um, trying to force me to eat my lunch. Um, and it was just so um, demanding when I was at school. Um, and I think that that was a traumatizing to me. The other thing is, as, as when I was growing up, I didn't realize I had, um, I didn't realize that I had, um, I didn't realize that I had um, um, anxiety disorder. Um, and basically, um, what would happen is sometimes I would eat too fast and eat too much and eat too fast, not get sick. Um, and then also there, I had what they call, you know, basically a nervous stomach, nervous about being around people and different things like that. I didn't know that at that time, but I do know that I would eat and then I would try to later make up for that, which I basically regurgitated or upchucked or whatever they call it, nauseous. Um, and, you know, try to make that up in the meal later. Um, I don't know whether these things were, um, you know, overeating, uh, eating disorders or anything like that. I don't know. Or whether they were the foundation for what got me to where I am. Um, the other thing growing up, I thought we, we were not well off. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. My parents were divorced. Um, and so basically we didn't talk about a lot of things. Um, it was just sort of understood that, that, that some things, um, were not discussed. We didn't, my mother didn't discuss, we didn't talk feelings. We didn't talk, 
about life. It was sort of like things were glossed over because my mom, she was constantly working, you know, to keep a roof overhead, you know, two and three jobs sometimes. And so, I mean, me and my brother, we, we, we you know, we came out okay, but, you know, it, it was just that thing of, of um, you know, and then there was some trauma with my mother being in a bad relationship and, um, you know, and then also um, my parents being divorced and then just, just growing up with a lot of, um, you know, type of drama, trauma, um, not as bad as, 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 as the worst thing, but, you know, uh, realizing and looking back, it was enough that I held on to some of that stuff. Um, and, and to this day, you know, just learning how to communicate and talk about life, talk about feelings and, and um, what have you. So anyway, um, I was an outsider, so to speak, in high school and middle school, and um, I was bullied and, um, you know, even in high school, I, I, you know, I, I, I navigated through that pretty well, but I never fit in. I was never um, in with the in crowd. Um, same thing in college. I wasn't in with the in crowd, so to speak. Um, so, you know, I went to school and, and studied and isolated and, you know, and ate, isolated and ate you know, didn't talk about my feelings and what was bothering me. Um, eventually graduating college and going away from Maryland um, and DC, Virginia area, <clears throat> um, eating food, um, not realizing what was bothering me. Um, eventually um, coming back to the East, to DC, um, area and just a mess, so to speak. You know, re work relationships were bad. Personal relationships with women were bad. Um, just things, you know, the kind of crappy things that, that um, you know, that, that, that I can do that, um, you know, taking advantage and feeling like crap, um, you know, um, you know, not taking care of myself um, and just going to work, going home, sleeping, eating, back to work, um, dysfunctional relationships. Um, you know, I probably was, you know, um, people probably say that I was a kind of a mean guy at times to work with. I wasn't the most pleasant person to work with and I didn't understand what was going on to me, uh, going on with me. And eventually I moved out here to Cali, bringing all of my problems. I worked in the television industry and um, same thing. Eventually the weight just kept coming on. I didn't realize that you know, 270, 280, 90, moving up to 300 was like, I didn't really think 
of it being abnormal. It was just the way I was. I, I just accepted it. I wasn't living. I wasn't taking care of, um, you know, myself. We're going to the doctors or problems, or, you know, home isolating, not living life. Um, you know, just struggling and um, struggling financially, um, you know, but somehow it's like, I guess God has a way of, of um, you know, bringing me through stuff. I don't know how I made it through, um, you know, um, and that's the other thing. I did have a belief in a higher power. I went to church and I could pray for other people and believe for other people, but I could not necessarily do that for myself in believing. And, and it never occurred to me to really uh, pray and, and ask God for relief for, for, for weight. But it, the, the, it, it, the eating just caught up. It, 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 it just is a weight, it's a weight. I, I, I recall even being in college, going to visit my grandmothers and eating chocolate tall house cookies for Christmas. And she'd have a big bucket of, of those things. I could not stop eating them. Um, a pizza, fried chicken, you know, um, even when I moved out here, even as, as uh, uh, back in the early 2000s, um, you know, just work, come home, eat, or make a stop. You know, a work day could consist of, um, you know, breakfast and then lunch. Lunch was like a dinner, you know, burrito, rice, beans, salad, you know, the whole thing. Then after work, get go stop, get pizza. And with the pizza, I got to have some fried chicken with that. So, I mean, it was just so much stuff. I'm, I was just masking and just eating and just pain. And obviously what came on, high blood pressure, obviously pre-diabetic, um, you know, doctor telling me, you know, you gotta take care of yourself, yada, yada, yada. If you don't do this, this is gonna happen. And you would think that it scared the hell out of me and it did for a second, but you know, I went back to the food, you know, I went back to it. And, and um, you know, um, the big thing that happened for me is uh, my, when my dad was on his sick bed and, um, and, and, and uh, dying of cancer, he told me he wanted me to promise him that I would take better care of myself. Now, obviously he's on his sick bed worried about me. And the thing was, people were always afraid to tell me, because I'm sensitive, tell me, um, tell me what I should be doing or giving me some advice in terms of my weight and food, because they knew that I would probably get upset. Well, the hell with that. I wish they had have told me. I wish they had have just said, you know what, we're really, really super concerned about you. Um, but my dad, he did it, I promised him. And that began with me going to a trainer and a trainer who happened to be an OA fellow, I did not know that, told me, 
you're going to waste your time and money with me training you um, because you're not dealing with the root of it. And then she went through the questions and, um, you know, concerning, uh, am I a compulsive overeater? And then I came to figure out I was, she said, you either do one or two things, go to OA or go to therapy. I said, let me try OA. So I got a sponsor, um, my sponsor, I lost the weight and worked the steps you know, obviously working steps before losing the weight and getting into the program and going to meetings and being of service and making outreach calls and all of those things. But I could not talk to my sponsor. I was not comfortable in talking to my sponsor about life, about things that I need to talk about to get off of my chest, the things that I need to be also writing about, um, you know, and eventually, you know, I was just doing the bare minimum. I wasn't even doing that. You know, I wasn't calling in my food. You know, I was just calling in my food and that was it. I wasn't doing any step work. And eventually I um, had to get another sponsor. And by that time I gained my weight back and, um, you know, and everything. So, I, you know, I'm out of TV business now, I work with kids on probation, I'm a teacher. So basically, um, I prayed and I asked God for willingness and um, to the willingness to do the program, the willingness to, to just let it all go. Um, because I want to be doing things my way and my way does not get me anywhere. My way, in fact, has gotten me to where I am now, um, you know, um, you know, as far as all the negative things, um, you know, my way, doing things my way um, brought me no results. Um, you know, I could go to the gym and work out and lose the weight, but I would never keep it off. Um, you know, and I still had same life problems. So, you know, I ended up getting a new sponsor and um, started working the, the steps again. And the key, one of the key to this is obviously um, taking the sober eating approach. Um, um, my food doesn't change. I'm fired as far as the um, making decisions about my food, about the food, um, um, you know, I, whatever I, I, if I want something outside of my food plan and I need to, to consult someone. If, if I wanna change something, I need to consult someone or ask someone, is this too much on my plate or, or what? What do you think about my plate? I have to fire myself. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's the surrender is not easy. So doing meetings, doing service, working the steps, um, writing, reading the OA 12 and 12, writing about a paragraph a day, 
I don't do it every day religiously, 100% perfect, but that's what I do. And I read to my, my sponsor, I make calls. I don't make as much outreach calls as I need to. How many minutes? Four, okay. All right, and I don't make as many outreach calls as I should, and I need to bump that up. But the key to it, like I said, is this sober eating. Some people can do red, light, green, light, yellow food. That's what, what I did, but I need something more, more, it, it, it's, it's either, it's either it is or it isn't. I'm either abstinent or I'm not abstinent. Um, um, alcoholics, are, you know, alcoholic doesn't pick up a drink. So I don't pick up my alcoholic food. Um, you know, because that, that means that spells trouble. So the other thing is we have a group of men that meet after 7.30 meeting um, every Sunday and we meet on Thursday. And basically it's not, a, it's not a formal meeting, but it's a sponsor style breakfast. So all of our sponsors and sponsees, we come together and we talk about everything, but we help each other utilizing the sober eating approach. Um, and so everything we talk about, but it all goes back to the food. It, it just, for whatever reason, obviously it goes back to the food. So if I'm talking about whatever's going on um, um, personally, you know, um, here's, you know, I got other people, instead of me fretting and stressing about life and about different things, income tax, car getting hit or something, or you know, work-related or, you know, um, if someone talks about, you know, they're, they're, they're in pain, chronic pain, you know, so some of these things could be triggers to eat, but we're sitting down and we're talking about them. We're sitting down and say, hey, what can you do um, so that it's not a trigger, obviously, to, to, to overeat or eat things that we shouldn't eat. You know, um, um, you know, and having a sober-minded approach. Because if I'm into the food, there's no way in hell that I'm going to be able to deal with my work. There's no way I'm going to be able to deal with my life. There's no way I'm going to be able to, you know, uh, face problems in life. If I'm into the food, I'm not into life. I'm not connected to my higher power. And that's the thing is how do I access power daily so that I do not overeat, so that I'm not into the food? How do I do that? And that's the thing. One minute. Okay. Um, making outreach calls. Again, how am I connected to a source of higher power to get me through the day without having to eat, without like the alcoholic not having that drink? Um, you know, um, so those are the types of things that, um, that happen. Um, this is what, you know, I, I, I do in a program. Um, and I have to, 
do it daily. Do I want to do it? No, I don't always want to do it. I don't always feel like speaking at meetings. I don't always feel like going to meetings. I don't always feel like doing my step work. I don't always feel like picking up the phone and talking about my long exhausted day, you know? Um, but this is what helps me. Um, and um, and I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I don't know anything. I have to listen. I have to be open. I have to be willing. And the last thing is, um, you know, just continually surrender and turn it over to my higher power. So uh, thank you for letting me share. Thanks so much, Darren. Appreciate it.